You're a nigga I like your style, son. Thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics from music, politics, relationships, to issues that affect our black community. A very entertaining podcast. You won't be disappointed. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast. A podcast where the discussion will rock your soul. It's uncensored and no topic is off limits. Subject matters may be provocative and just downright offensive, but shit, at the end of the day, hey, we're just going to tell it like it is. It's been a long time coming, a lot of thoughts running, hustling, trying to dodge these cases. So for thoughts been booming, I'm trying to get my crew in, so I had to go back to the basics I need. It's the intro to my life, intro to my world. Hey, family, family, what's good? Man, it feels good to be back and chopping it up with y'all. Everybody at this point should know who their favorite cousin, host is. But for any the first time listeners, I'm the host of So For Thoughts, Slick P. I hope everyone had a good holiday break off from work and school. I know y'all probably ate good and everything. Now it's time to detox. Get all those toxins out your body. I see people calling December detox December. They doing that on the relapse at tax time. Y'all know people taste buds hit differently. By differently, I mean expensive when they got some money in their pocket. They want things that's not on the value menu. They're 444, you got to wait until May. You got to wait till things get back to normal. <laughs> I know y'all got them spade games in over the holiday as well. Spades is the cornerstone of any black event. As long as you got a card table and four willing participants, you good. You got yourself a spade game. And if you did any traveling over the holiday, I hope that your travels were safe and enjoyable. And if you stayed at home and did nothing, shit, that's good too. There's nothing like relaxing in the comfort of your own home. Holidays are a little uneasy now with more people being awakened. You know, certain holidays are frowned upon in the woke community. Thanksgiving being one. I'm sure people know the real history behind these holidays, but if you don't, then I encourage you to go pick up a book and do so. But... When most people are celebrating, they're not celebrating the history behind it. They're celebrating being off and still getting paid. You can't name one person who don't enjoy their holiday pay and maybe even a four-day weekend. I look forward to each one. I need that. But holidays is a time to be with your family and enjoy your loved ones. Being around family or family gatherings it's just not the same as it once was. I remember growing up, I was in Greenland with the family, running around with my cousins. We had cookouts, card games, or some kind of family gathering on the weekends, 
and we had dinner at grandma's house on Sunday. The point is, we spent time with family frequently. Now, people seldom see their family. Either it's conflict in working schedules, unresolved past family issues, or simply people just moved away. So holidays are really the only time people got to catch up with one another. Life is too short, so make sure you enjoy your family while you still can. I took this past weekend out from doing an episode because of the holidays. I wanted to enjoy my family, but also I had to get my mind back focused. I had to take an intermission break and basically just hit the reset button. So much was going on. I was dealing with what felt like abandonment. Like the person I saw be there for everybody else, helping them with their problems, wasn't there for me when I needed them to be. And honestly, that probably wasn't even the case, but that's how I felt at that time. So now I got all these emotions and thoughts I'm soaring through. And then on top of that, I had a friend to lose his mother. I know men are supposed to be strong and be a rock for everybody else, but every man has his breaking point. That's like digging in the cave. A rock that's been strong and sturdy for decades will eventually crack. The more you dig and the more pressure is applied, it will eventually cause a weakness in that rock that will ultimately cause it to collapse. Same with men or anybody else. Even though I wasn't in a good space, I still made it my business to reach out to my friend to let him know that I love him, I'm here for him, and most importantly, to let him know it's okay to grieve. We can't always just suck everything up and sweep our feelings under the rug. Grieve and take all the time you need to heal from us. Don't let nobody, nobody or nothing rush that. I'm a big advocate for men being more expressive when it comes to their feelings and their emotions. It's very healthy, but also more men need to be there for one another to help their healing. We all go through the same struggles, so it's easier for us to sympathize and understand each other. Hearing comforting words from another male that's a friend or a relative can bring that sense of peace. I was looking at an interview by Florida State football coach Odell Higgins. And in the interview, Coach Odell spoke on the young men of his program. He said, most of the boys that end, end up coming to the program come from a single-parent household or from a place where they didn't have a positive male figure in their life. So when they come to Florida State, he becomes that male figure. And all the players gravitate towards Coach Odell because he has this warm embrace. He said he tells them that he loves them every chance he gets. He said most of his players have never heard I love you come from a male figure. And we need more of that in society and especially the communities these young men come from. And I totally agree. I know women have been our backbones and support for centuries, but women don't always fully understand what a man deals with. I seen a post the other day on Facebook where a woman made a very good point. Her post said, ladies, when a man becomes a little distance mentally, it doesn't necessarily mean he's cheating or entertaining another female. He could be um, strategically thinking of his next move, how to get money, or simply not being where he wants to be in life, so he shuts down. But as his better half, you have to keep him grounded and motivated so he can be the best version of himself. 
Men deal with a lot they don't speak on while fighting their own demons every day. Stop mentally, physically, emotionally dragging him down. Be his peace. Uplift him with your words and actions. And when I read that, that resonated with me so much because so often women jump to the conclusions that their man is entertaining another woman when he becomes distant instead of seeing it as something may be troubling him. Now, if you got a history of cheating, then that's one thing I can understand. But even still, at least give him the benefit of the doubt. Seeing that post got me thinking. So I asked a couple of friends, why women's intuition can tell them that something ain't right or that their man is cheating when he becomes distant, but it doesn't tell them, hey, something is troubling him or warn them that he may be struggling mentally and emotionally. Why the intuition have to be something negative? I think the intuition is selective and biased. That's my opinion. Ladies, please hit me up and let me know. I'm dying to hear these responses. Derek Grace made a post on Instagram similar to this topic. His thoughts were pretty much the same. And he also added, learn to ask your man what makes him happy. Quietly, no judgment and without putting your twist or version on it. Ladies, if y'all accept this challenge, I challenge y'all to listen to him without placing your twist on it. That's my challenge for y'all. Before we get into today's topic, I want to bring up this Nipsey not being a legend foolishness. I know this subject is opinionated, but I disagree. Wet 100 was on a podcast called No Jumper, basically hating. Well, it sounded like hating to me. He sounded real salty for whatever reason. He said Nipsey isn't a legend musically because he has no platinum hits. He never had a number one song and never been on a world tour. So based off that criteria he listed, Nipsey isn't a legend. My opinion is, you can't say he's not a legend just based off that because his impact goes beyond music. Okay, he didn't have all those bullshit accolades while he was living, but he left a legacy that still impacts the world. What he stood for and exemplified, plus the work he did for his neighborhood and the people around him, transcended past Lawson and Crenshaw and impacted the world. Nip was so much more and so much bigger than just music. So, the criteria of that name is meaningless. I was listening to um, Game's new album, Born to Rap. In the album, Game has a song called Welcome Home featuring Nipson. In one of Nip's verses, he raps, I'll probably die up in these streets, but I'll survive through my name. And he was absolutely right. He still lives on, and the marathon still continues, and that's why he is a legend. Today's topic deals with never giving up, having desire, and not stopping once you completed one goal. At some point, we all get into a little rut or a standstill place where we're not moving forward and we're not moving backwards either. We're just at a standstill, basically being complacent. Talking to people, I realize not only is this coming, but a lot of people don't know how to move past the space. 
And it can be discouraging, but the worst thing you can do is quit. Quitting is never an option. Like I mentioned earlier, sometimes you just have to hit the reset button. Stop and just breathe. When we can't find a quick solution to our problems, we tend to become desperate. We start to rush and when we rush, what happens? We tend to overlook things. It's like being late for work and you're in a rush looking for your car keys. You'll tear the whole house up and search everywhere for these keys and the whole time the keys are right in front of you. So we have to slow down and think, don't panic. You don't want to be in a rush to find a solution because you might miss the right solution or opportunity that's right in front of you. A lot of times we get in these ruts or feel like we're being complacent and we're, and we're really not. You're fooling yourself because usually you're comparing yourself to somebody else. Comparing what you have to what they have or comparing where you at in life or in your career to where somebody else is at. The thing we have to understand is we're on our own timing. Sometimes the simplest answer is just it's not your time. You're going to always be or feel like you're behind as long as you're living on somebody else's time. Let me say that again. You're going to always be or feel like you're behind as long as you're living on somebody else's time. The same rut that you're in could have been the same rut they were in previous and now it's their season. You just didn't see their struggles or the seed being planted. All you see is the fruit which so many people only see. But to get out of that rut or that standstill place you're in, you have to stop, reset, and then assess how you got there in the first place. Usually one of the reasons has to do with your mentality. You wasn't ready or prepared mentally for that next level. You know the saying, new levels bring new devils. I'm going to give you an example. Y'all know I love to use sports analogies to make my point, so I got another one for you. You can learn a lot about life through sports. Let's say a young man is a high school standout, the best player from his area. He's great, but he don't have to work hard to be great because the talent pool in his area isn't all that good. So he gets all the praises, all the attention, all the awards, all the accolades. He's the big man on campus. He gets a full scholarship to go D1 to a big university where the talent is much better than he's used to. He takes that same work ethic that got him by in high school to this university and later realized that it's not going to cut it down. He went from being the big man on campus and the most talented to just another player. There's more kids with just as much talent as him, but the only difference is they have a better work ethic. New levels bring new devils. So he gets into this work because he's no longer the star. He's no longer a starter. He gets down on himself. He wasn't prepared for that next level. So instead of being down or quitting, he has to assess the situation. Why am I no longer the star? Why am I no longer starting? He has to realize the difference between high school and college is the talent level. And he also has to point out his lack of a good work ethic. The problem lies in his preparation. He has to get rid of bad habits that made him complacent or kept him in his comfort zone. And he has to inherit a new work regimen. So when the opportunity presents itself again to be a star or to be a starter, 
he'll be ready and prepared to bear that fruit. That's a life lesson. We have to kick those bad habits that got us complacent or in a comfort zone and inherit new practices in order to succeed at that next level. You got to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? How hard are you willing to go? A lot of people say they want this or they want that, but they're not willing to put in the work or go that extra mile to attain that goal. They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, but expecting different results. You have to be insane to think you don't have to change to tweak things each time you're ready to level up. Also, you have to have a short-term memory, meaning don't let one setback or one mistake cause you to have several more or cause you to get in another rut. We may find ourselves caught up trying to improve one thing and end up making more mistakes in other areas. Of course, we need to correct and learn from our mistakes, but don't get caught up to the point that it's taking your focus away in other areas. Another reason I think people get into these standstill places is because we focus on things we cannot change more so than the things we can change. You have to practice the process of elimination. Eliminating the things you can't control and focus on what you can control. For example, with work, it may be getting the proper sleep Meditate and clear your mind. Change how you prepare for a task. Take the initiative. Be more assertive. Look for new challenges and opportunities or you may want to consider a, a new scenery. Sometimes we get bored doing the same thing and we need some excitement or a new environment. And in the life outside of work, you may hit a work in relationships and finances. Try saving more or coming up with a budget. Don't be so routine. Be more spontaneous. Find ways to make money. Side hustles. Invest more. Read up on things you're interested in and take action. Talk to someone that's been where you at or where you're trying to go. Talk to new people. Sometimes it's the people around you that cause you to get in these ruts or make you feel like you're complacent because they're not progressing themselves or headed in the same direction as you. And that can take a toll on a person. Surround yourself with people that's going to challenge you and also that's on the same path as you. The main thing is make your next move your best move. Another thing I think can help is having desire. Desire is something that can light a spark under a person and get them out of their complacent space. In the book, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill's first principle is desire. Having that burning desire for something. If you're willing to quit or give up on your goal, then obviously you didn't want it enough. When achieving success, you have to know precisely what you want. And you have to have the desire not only to want it, but the desire to put in that work to achieve your goal. In the book, Napoleon Hill outlines a six-step process to take in order to make your goal a reality. Step one, determine exactly what you want. Step two, determine exactly what you intend to give in return for your goal. We all know you have to give something in order to receive. If you're religious, then your 10% tithing is a perfect example. Step three, Establish a fixed date for when you shall achieve your goal. 
Step four, create a plan and start to act on that plan immediately, even if you don't feel like you're ready. I spoke on this on the first episode, um, my situation, uh, my, my journey on getting this podcast started. Step five, then write your goal down, write exactly what your goal is, how long it's going to take you to reach that goal, and your plan on how you're going to achieve that goal. Like Nip said, I wrote it down and I followed through. Y'all going to hear that quote a lot on this podcast. I truly believe that 100%. And the final step is read your written statement twice a day. When you wake up and before you go to sleep. By doing this, you are auto-suggesting to your subconscious mind that goal. That type of desire will prevent you from getting in the rut or becoming complacent. But it also can help you get out of a rut if you ever get in one. Oftentimes, once people have reached a specific goal, they stop and they wonder what's next. That also can lead to a person becoming complacent or at a standstill. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep challenging yourself and keep giving yourself goals to achieve. The world is so big and has a lot to offer if you just put your mind to it and just go get it. Don't be afraid to be great. Leave a legacy that will impact your family, your community, and the world long after you're gone. Become legendary. It's the beginning of the month, and that means it's time for a new book of the month. I hope y'all took time to get and read last month's book, We Real Cool by Bell Hooks. It's a great book. I know we're in holiday season, and it's probably the point of the year where we spend the most money. We're going to need a tool to help us manage our money and teach us good spending habits. The book of the month of December is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. In the book, Robert Kiyosaki shared a story contrasting his poor dad, which was his educated biological father, and his rich dad, which was his best friend's dad, but also his mentor, who was the entrepreneur. He describes lessons he learned that eventually helped him become wealthy. He's teaching financial literacy. He talks about credit, money management, assets versus liabilities, everything you need to know for the spending season. A great book that has changed lives worldwide. It definitely impacted mine and my outlook on finances tremendously. I hope everyone take time to grab this book and read it if you haven't already. And if you have, then read it again. It never hurts to refresh your memory. Now it's time to get in the album of the week. This week's album comes from Ad 2. Ad 2 is a rapper from Chi-Town, Chicago, Illinois. Ad was once signed to Knife Wonders label, It's a Wonderful World Music Group. Ad, too, took time away from music to be a social activist in Chicago. Last week, he released a phenomenal follow-up album from his previous work, Pray for the Poor, with his latest album and also this week's album of the week, which is titled Jim Crow, The Musical. This album was a breath of fresh air, a well-put-together album that offers dope concepts, a history lesson, and also social consciousness. The album definitely touches your soul when listening to it with subject matters that are relevant to black people in America. 
This album puts me in the mind frame of Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly, an album that sounds like the mood in this country perfectly. I encourage everyone to check this album out. It's definitely worth a listen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to tell your family, real friends, social media friends, co-workers, or whoever to download, subscribe, and share soulful thoughts. Before we get out of here, I want to share one last thought. Is having a name for your followers only a female thing? I don't see any men with a nickname for their followers. You have Beyonce with the Beehive. You have Nikki with the Barbs. And I don't know the name for the ones who follow Cardi B, but I'm sure they have a name. They're probably called the Cardigans or something. Since we're eliminating gender roles and getting away from what's a man thing and what's a woman's thing, I want to name my followers. I want to call y'all Slick Nation. That's the best I can come with right now. It's still a work in progress. So do me a huge favor. Once you're finished listening to this episode, post the episode, tag me, and hashtag Slick Nation. I'm ready to feel the love, y'all. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Sofa Thoughts Podcast. Be sure to leave a comment or review. Let me know your thoughts. Until next time, keep those thoughts soulful. Love.